He is Nicholas Perez. He is Ben Perez. And we are the Box Box. Box Box. Box Box Brothers Podcast. Nicholas. How are you doing today, Ben? Oh, uh, it's I gotta been, cut you off. It's been too long. Too too, too long. long. No, we've just been getting everything ready. I know after the final race of the year, it was kind of a little bit slower and then you get into the holiday seasons and everything's going um i do am getting a couple interviews down in australia which is good i haven't told you about those yet i don't know if you've heard from mom and dad but mm. it's promising to have a like science writing job and then a managerial position job so if i get either one of those that's very good and more money that's coming into my bank account and that means more resources to do fun stuff like this podcast so totally i know we have um some goals that we've also been talking about just by ourselves and stuff that we want to grow the channel get a new logo really start branding and posting more to instagram so putting it out into the universe so that not only i'm held accountable but we're held accountable and we'll start growing this this podcast and youtube channel just what we do day by day so that's that's what i've been up to got a new 3d printer as well so i've been printing off really cool cool stuff finally so i have this um 3d printed puzzle box like you bought your own 3d printer no no one of my work colleagues my friends liam at the brewery had a extra 3d printer lying around so he was able to he just bought his new 3d printer and he was like yeah ben i have this one just uh collecting dust in my room do you want it i was like yeah i'll take it so i've been printing off um different things and it's been yeah fun just doing more 3d printing and not just for my phd sake but just for designing and creating cool things so the next project that i have is a bar fly trap flower pot so it's a flower pot on top and then it has a secret compartment that you can press in it will release and you can change out the fly trap water underneath and then you just push it back in and then you can have a nice little flower on top so thank you mark rover and your class for helping come up with this this idea but that's what I've been up to. What are what about you, Nick? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, not really too much. I mean, I've been doing school. Um, learned how to juggle. Oh, um, you did? Did you find yeah. Trey and I's old book? How to no, juggle? Trey Trey taught me actually how to juggle. And that was pretty cool. Um, I've also been playing a whole lot of chess. Um, Matt. Are you getting getting any better? I'm getting a lot better dad dad got all cocky with me today he was like oh i can beat you and then i made him in three moves no i got it i was playing black so i got him pretty pretty slowly but i got him pretty handily okay i just i was mentally messing with him so i was just taking all of his pieces um so it was just his king left yeah chess is chess is one of those games that if you don't know strategy you just get your ass kicked. Because mm-hmm. I know I was over in 
when I was uh, teaching English, I was playing chess with my like oh, they had to have been maybe 12, 12 year olds. And they actually knew strategy. All that I learned is how the pieces move. So I never got to the second level of chess theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, I think I got one game out of five. But I was like, oh, I, I just move my pieces haphazardly. <laughs> and they're like, knight to e7. I'm like, <laughs> just got mated in like 15 moves. Never learned chess theory after that. But I never played a lot of chess. But it's a good game to good game to get into yeah so i know our mari cooper and a lot of the nfl players have started to pick up chess yeah they have what's been just, what's been your favorite thing about learning chess being able to beat someone just and feel feel better yeah <laughs> it's not learning strategy it's not what it's just that that satisfaction you get after you check someone yeah or they just, resign yeah, because you just feel you feel smarter. You feel like, I mean, I just bested you. And then whenever you lose, um, there's there's a mistake that you made along the way. So like, there's nothing else to blame. It's mm-hmm. just if you lose, it's your fault some way somehow. Mm-hmm. So, all right, making me want to pick up chess. I have my chessboard here. I don't know me and Zoe play, but Zoe's a much better chess player than I am. Yeah, I have I have yours with like two makeshift pieces. No. A, a screw. Oh, <laughs> as a well, pawn. Well, if I had my 3D printer now, I would have just printed you off a new new pawn piece. <laughs> Cuz what other piece did you lose? No, I didn't lose any other piece. Okay. I just I just have the screw in thing. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll print you off some a piece with a little magnet in the bottom and have you complete your chess piece. All right. So well, let's get into you, F1. What's up? Have you been watching anything about F1? Watching YouTube videos? Yes, I've been all on the actually the F the F1 videos that I have been on have been oh, you can hear my Karapika and my anime. Uh, no, F1 News has been who I've been getting a lot of my resources from. Um, the race has been a big one, and then F1 Reverse are three of the main ones that post regularly. So I mm-hmm. enjoy listening to them. There, it's a lot has been going on. It is the off season right now for F1, so we have a couple weeks before they start releasing the liveries, and then the first race isn't until March. March mm-hmm. time this year. So preseason um, testing yeah. is March 5th is round one. Preseason testing is February 23rd through the 25th. And that's in Catalonia in Spain. No, it's in Secure. Secure. Sakar? Where's Sakar? Bahrain. Oh, okay. So preseason. It's, it's, the, it's the circuit. Okay. Day. So it's, what's the. So last year they had two two tests, one in Spain, mm-hmm. one in Bahrain. That was because of the new regulations. Okay. So it's typically just in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we have the preseason in Bahrain this year. So we have a about two months before that all goes down. And we just wanted to get back in, talk a little bit about what's been going on in F1, the big stories of the day. And then we'll round out this segment with talking previewing two teams and we'll make our way from the back of the grid to the front and then we'll end today with a 
a driver a driver's racetrack draft. All right, let's do this. Um, the biggest things that I've had this off season, though, uh, now that we're getting into it, is I only really wrote down one, but the one of the biggest ones is Matteo Bonato leaving F1 or not F1. Well, technically he's left. Yeah, F1. He, he's at F1 at the moment. But leaving, being fired as the team principal of Ferrari, I I have mixed feelings about this. Yes, he probably didn't do as well as he, Ferrari should have for how hot they came out of preseason testing, how fast their car was, and how many pole positions they had. They just kind of fizzled away. It was like a ember burning fast and hot but then died out super quickly um not a good pull to conversion rate so ferrari needed something different and i thought you give bonato one more year maybe have him change up his strategy team change up something else because his expertise is engineering and for this well he came from their engine department so yes He came from their engine department. They built, he actually built a very fast car this year. Yes, Mm -hmm. it wasn't as reliable, but in qualifying, it was very quick. So over, you give him one more season, you check to see what's going on, how they can help reduce tire degradation. And then that's the year that he has to essentially win his F1 title and be in there until the last bit of the race. And I thought it was a bit premature from Ferrari. If he doesn't win, then you just wasted a whole nother year with this guy. Yeah. And if you waste a whole nother year with this guy, you had, you bring in a new person. So you essentially start over because now Fred Vasseur, who's now in, has to come in, learn about the Ferrari engineers, learn about what they're doing, learn about the entire organizational structure at Ferrari. And that's a learning process in itself. And he's probably going to take a year to adjust himself to Ferrari and everything. And if what happens if Ferrari doesn't do well this year under Fred Vessier or Nick, you're going to lose Charles Leclerc anyway. Well, but Charles um, wanted to race for him because he really, whoever now is the team principal, really helped Charles. Yeah, helped Charles become the driver that he was today because Mm -hmm. he was his first team principal and taught him really the ropes of F1. Yes, he was his team principal at AlphaTauri. Did show him the ropes. So do you think that it was more of a Leclerc move that Leclerc went up to the Ferrari high ups and Ferrari management and then brought it down? I'm not sure. There could be a little conspiracy behind that, but you really never know. My big thing that I have been watching transpire over the offseason is Andretti's quest for (laughs) for the 11th team on the grid. Yes, he just partnered with Cadillac. So no, no, not Cadillac. General Motors. But it's it's the Andretti oh, it's, and it's, Cadillac. Yeah. So yes, he both are correct. So GM Motors is Cadillac's part or parent brand. So they've both put in a bid to become the eleventh team on the grid. 
in and maybe 2024, maybe 2026, once the new regulations come in. But that is big because earlier, Andretti's been trying to get into F1 for a couple of years now. And there's been this bias, his perceived bias against an American team and them joining the grid. And I think there was probably a little bit against uh, Andretti himself. But now that he has Cadillac, he has that sponsorship and the backing of a big global corporation. And as it grows in America, as it grows globally, uh, Cadillac has a good brand. I know they're in IndyCar, correct? They're in NASCAR. Mm -hmm. They do supercars. They have a good variety of racing experience, not necessarily in F1, but good racing experience. And I'm excited. It definitely strengthens his bid. And I don't... Like what's the what are the cons that the other F one teams could say, Nick? They lose money. That's their biggest thing is that they don't want to lose that little bit of market share that they have. Mm-hmm. But other than losing their little bit of market share, if you bring in Cadillac and more American viewers and you're growing the audience, how is that going to be? What what other detriments does bringing Cadillac in? It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think I'm excited because Mohammed bin Salal is also on board because as soon as Andretti had officially, Andretti and Cadillac had officially announced announced their partnership, Mohammed bin Salal had also tweeted out saying that he was excited and ready for the new bids that are coming into F1. For sure. So that's been the most interesting thing I've watched happen. Do you think they go to 12 teams? I don't think they ever get to the point of 12 teams. I think they may just stick at 11 because I know they have a max of 24 cars on the grid. Yeah. So if you have a max of 24 cars, then you have 12 teams and then you can, you have an even split. So I know 22 drivers. It's you, I guess it wouldn't really matter except Mm -hmm. for the constructors, but each team has two, so you're always going to have uh, an even number of drivers on the Druid. Yeah. Um, outside of that, the final thing that I had was the Williams debacle and dumpster fire that is that team with mm-hmm. Jos Petito uh, leaving Williams, I don't know, under his own own desires or the... The management's desires but that is a dumpster fire and i feel bad for logan Sargent's because i was excited when he had yost run in the f1 team and i know they didn't make a super car this year but from where he was taking it in 2020 is when he took over no mm-hmm. 2021 is when he took over yeah uh, this, to... this year no this is his second year you sure yeah he came in 2021 and then 2022, because 2020 is when they COVID year and they missed the start of the preseason testing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's been there for two years and they just upped and fired him. I Maybe it was because they didn't see him long term. I thought he was a good person, good leader and was going to be able to get everyone back. But I don't know where that team's going. So uh, good luck at. Albon and Logan Sargent's for their first year enough one at the uh, back of the grid, most likely next year too. 
I don't know what if if they did fire him. I don't know what they were thinking because they were experiencing the first bit of success and the semblance of starting to have a driver's program. Mm-hmm. He started that, and so I just don't really understand what he's gonna, what the damn group is going to, or whoever is their majority sponsor, yeah, is going to do because they haven't even announced a F one or a team principal, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see what that happens. Anything else that we you found interesting in this offseason going forward? No. All right. Well, next, let's get into our team's previews for next year. All right, Nick. So now we're going to talk about and preview the teams, all 10 teams right now. I know there's 11 on the grid, but until... Andretti and Cadillac get into F1. We'll start with 10 and work our way up to one. So each week we'll preview two teams. Uh, We'll start with you and look into Williams. And then we'll go to who was number nine this year and Alpha Tari. So let's get into it, Nick. And let's see your preview for Williams this upcoming year. So my preview of Williams shifted a little bit throughout the off season. So at the start, I was really hopeful, really promising coming off and coming off of a very well 22 season. They had one of their best years in a couple years. They brought Alex Albon back, who was a consistent point scorer. Latifi made it, even though the goat himself Latifi was able to make some Q3 appearances, pull a miracle drive in silverstone which me personally i feel like that race would have went a lot differently if joe didn't flip because latifi was up to like sixth place he he shot up there and so Uh, yeah he could have gotten more points than beating nick defreeze last year might mm -hmm. even have beaten his teammate alex albon too yeah i feel like they had a good car when the driver's were put in the right setup and they were able to fully maximize their potential like DeVries just hopping in Albon's car mm-hmm. and scoring points in this first ever race mm-hmm. so I feel like that was pretty cool um, this this year upcoming I hope that they now with the Mercedes engine they still keep it going they don't have a technical and then here's the big problem that I found they don't have a technical chief they don't have a technical advisor. They're, they don't have a team principal. It's all just kind of up in the air. And I know for like to relate it back to a football team without having a head coach for like going on a month, your players, your drivers, your engineers, the people working back at the factory don't have, they just don't, they're kind of in limbo a bit. Like they're still going to show up. They're still going to work, but it's just kind of like this little, in between of not having Mm -hmm. a real direction a ship without a rudder that's what i would say but i'm i'm really confident i'm i'm really hopeful that um albon can pull some up good some good performances up really maximize this car as they start to tailor it to him and i think he'll be a good learning learning partner for Logan Sturgeon because mm-hmm. I feel like he does have the potential. He he is a very good driver. I'm not just saying that because he's American. 
but he he did show off that he could compete in F2. He cut enough for a super license, and I think that he can be explosive on his best day. Um, I mean, when you go back, this is the most historic team on the grid. Mm-hmm. Or not the most historic, but they've won close to as many championships as Ferrari. They're the only team besides Ferrari rivaling them. They have a good backbone building new facilities, and I think that they have a potential to do good things this year. Do I think that they're going to come off the bottom? I'm pretty, I am, I'm hopeful that they do better than last year. Do you think they they get out of the 10th seed, the 10th spot? I think they do. Who, who drops down to 10? I think it's going to be Mercedes. Ah, yeah. Just George and Russell and George and Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, they, they, Albon was able to score in Australia um, they were able to get two points in Miami, mm-hmm. pretty quiet through the rest of the season. In Belgium, they were able to score a point. In Italy, they were able to score two. Japan, they were able to score two. And that was pretty much it for the rest of the season. So there's a lot of areas where they came close, but no cigar. Mm-hmm. So I really i am hopeful that they do better than last year. Yeah, I mean, I still think that they're going to be the bottom feeder of a team. Yes, they've gotten a little bit better from last year, but now, like you had just mentioned, their head coach is gone. Their team principal is gone. So it's I'm wondering how they're even developing the car. Who's the interim principal? Who's leading that that mission? Who's designing the car? Who's leading the engineers? Like it, there's no sense of structural integrity at Williams and that's what scares me the most especially having Logan Surgeons on the team and him being American and wanting him to succeed it's going to be tough for him because a lot of the development and maturation comes from having a solid organization around you just look at Max with Red Bull he was able to be able to or he was able to learn at Toro Rosso and then go to the main team and start to thrive there. Russell even had the backing of Mercedes. Charles had Ferrari. Sainz had Red Bull. And you have these teams that give structure to these drivers and teach them winning ways. I worry that Logan Surgeon's going to Williams is going to struggle with that. And be able to or not be able to achieve as much as he he has so i worry about them i still have them at 10 and then i think it's going to be logan Sargent as the 20th driver on the grid and alex alvon at 19 for points all right let's hear your alpha tari breakdown all right so alpha tari um finished ninth this year they did not have a good season. Neither Yuki nor Gasly had much success, which was really surprising after the previous two years where they were sitting around sixth or seventh in the team standing. So they were stuck solidly in the midfield. And you were, you would think as Gasly is making his transition to Alpine, he's going through all of this. He's, 
been talked about as a top driver. And then this year, his attitude and just how he was driving didn't mm-hmm. match what he, that he should be at a top team. Yeah. And maybe it was just that Alphatari was shit all year and wasn't fast. It wasn't well built. They didn't seem like they hit the regulations well. And mm-hmm. there was very little fanfare from that side of the paddock pretty much all year. Um, I have looking forward to next year, though, the Pierre Gasly is leaving to go to Alpine. So there uh, was a spot open. Nick DeFries is filling that spot. I, Finally. St- I still have my reservations on Nick DeFries. So he got his drive at what Monza last year when Alex he- Albon was out with appendicitis. Okay, so there's a lot of things that had to go right for Nick DeFries to even be in the in the running for that eight point or the two points for the eight points. Finn. No, he got what? Four points? No, two. He got two for ninth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a couple of people that crashed out and DNF'd. I think probably Alonzo was one of those DNFs did... Verstappen collide with someone and not finish? No, wrong, wrong year. Wrong year. Alright, well, there was a couple couple thing, couple drivers that didn't finish Monza that allowed him to essentially not have to fight as many cars going into that race. So he was helped out a little bit in Monza to get his first point finish. And I think um, a lot was made. He did drive well and did the best with the circumstances that he had. But if he was as good of a driver as they're making him out to be now, wouldn't Mercedes want to get him into a car faster? Wouldn't they want him to be higher on the list if they saw more in him? When it they have wanted to push for him going to Williams and keeping him under their, like a partner team, like there's just so many things that I have questions about Nick DeVries, and we'll see if he can answer those this upcoming year once he gets a full season under his belt. But he'll, I don't think that he'll beat Yuki in his first year at AlphaTauri. Um, I think that there's what if going he does. Well, if he does, and, then... And they oust Perez. If he does and they oust Perez, then we can replay this clip a year from now and I'll eat my words. But these are just uh, predictions that I think. So he very well could. I don't see that happening because I think Yuki is a more experienced F1 driver and this is his final y- year to actually prove something. So if Yuki doesn't do well, then he'll be out of a seat. Uh, two and I think they give Nick DeFries the the seat depending on how well he does. Mm-hmm. So um, that's mine. I think at the end of the race, uh, I think Alphatari is going to stay at ninth in the constructors championship, and then I see the the two drivers go from 17th in the driver standing with Nick and then right ahead of them 16th with Yuki Sonoda. Praying on AlphaTauri's downfall. Yep. Praying on AlphaTauri's downfall and their inability to continue to make a good car for this upcoming year. 
You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. So those are our driver's previews for this year. Next week, we'll get into it with Haas and Aston Martin. Next, we'll do our driver track drafts. So Nick, let's draft our racetracks for our sprint season. Uh, It'll be a snake draft and we'll pick our top five and compare at the end. So uh, I'll give you the number one pick of the draft. So who are you taking? I have a question. Is this all time or current recently driven? It doesn't have to have been in 2022. Like you could have chosen something like if Russia, if you wanted to do Sochi, you -hmm. could do that. Even though we're not being there. Number one. I'm going to go South Paulo, Brazil. That's the number one draft. Damn, that's that's always produces always produces good races. Always a fun time. When it used to be the final race of the season, you never knew it was gonna happen. It could rain, it could not rain. You just never knew. Yeah, you're you're correct. That is my number one draft as well. Um, it's hard to beat the Sao Paulo Brazil like it just uh just thinking I I wish we could just have 23 races at Sao Paulo <laughs> and see see how we go um mm-hmm. for mine though I'm going to go since you took that I'm going to go with the second best racetrack and that's going to be Silverstone we've had Ooh, amazing yeah we've had amazing races this year that signs Checo Hamilton fight uh, in this, I think with these new cars and then ground effects, it's just going to em- emphasize that race and make it uh, a great race each year. So 100%. that's my number one. And for number two, I'm going to go Monza, one of the ah, quicker, one of the quickest ra- racetracks on the on the grid. I couldn't have let it let it slide much more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, who are you taking? Wait, two and three. Explain. You're not going to spite Monza? Monza, it's just fast. And it's the one track that Daniel Ricciardo won at. So, And he performs well every year. Every year there. Because he can just he doesn't have to worry about braking or worrying about how how much speed he's taking into the corner. He can just go fast and break late. And that's all. And it's produced some of the best racing that I've seen um, this year and of all time. And it's historic as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At number two, I'm gonna have to go Austria. Austria. Oh no! I'm, it's one of the. It's it's the quickest lap. It's always brings drivers closer together. Like you had Mick fighting mm-hmm. uh, the Red Bull and Mercedes. Like stuff that shouldn't happen happens in Austria, and it's a it's a real fun watch all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's a great race, and I had that. If you weren't going to take it, then I was going to take it. All right, so Austria is your number two, Red Bull Ring. Mm -hmm. Who's your number three? Number three, I'm going to go Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan, okay. It's it's a really fun street race. It's one of the fastest. Um, And it never disappoints. 
whether that be a Ferrari mm-hmm. engine blowing up, Max's tire blowing up, mm-hmm. Checo winning a race, Sebastian getting on the podium. It's a real, real fun race each each and every time. Yeah, you're you're not wrong about that. So good, good pick at number three. All right, so Nick, there's a couple that I I could take. Um, <laughs> I think just based on driver driver ability and fun racing, I'm going to go with my fourth. Wait, no. no uh, this is my third. third. Yeah, third and fourth. With my third pick, I'm going to go hungry at the Hungaro <laughs> ring. It's mm-hmm. that it's that a, was on my list. It's that, it's. That was- it's a great track and it's hard to beat. It's always very competitive and there's a lot of overtaking spots there. So um, I'll take Hungara ring for my three and then for four. Oh, there's mm, let's just do a classic. Let's go to spa. Let's go to Belgium. It's the, one of the longest races of the year really far, but overall produces like decent racing and it's a fun track to to drive so those are going to be my three and four pick yeah who are you taking Um, four and five four and five for four (sighs) for just fun watchability for the pure excitement of it i'm gonna have to go imola imola okay imola another with it being with it being back on the calendar, mm-hmm. I always feel like it's very—it's a very fun race. You never know who's really going to win, and especially it being a sprint weekend makes yes. it a fun race. No, I agree. Number four, number five, number five. For my pick, it's going to be kind of a strange one because one of the newer ones was going to be Saudi Arabia. Ah, that that one just looks fun to drive on. I don't know how much the raceability is, but. Uh, it was actually it's, pretty good the it's, past It's two always years. a punchy race. Qualifying is always really mm-hmm. exciting. Qualifying is the best part of it. Yeah. And the cars just look so clue, cool with it just being so tight, so close. But it's still drivable to go fast instead of um, like Monaco where you can't really yeah. hit the top speeds that you can. Yeah, very true. Um, all right. So, Nick, final my pick fi- the final pick, there's... I, I could have chosen Suzuka. Mm-hmm. I could have chosen Circuit State America, but I'm going to go with Zanfort and Zanfort. the Netherlands. I, I think mm. it's just a fun race. It's right on the beach. It's gave us pretty good racing, and it's just a lot of fun to to drive. So Zanfort's rounding up my mm-hmm. my top fit pick five picks. So. I, I agree with it. All right. Well, those are our lists of the our sprint season racetrack drafts. Um, we'll be here again next week. Anything before we head out, Nick? Oh no, you smell some like engine fluid coming out. Yeah, I'm losing power. I'm losing power, Nick. Box, 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 box. You have leakage. Box, 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 box. Why are you doing this to me? Why? Why? All right. All right. Bye, y'all. Peace.